Learn from the biggest names in the green industry as Paul talks with Stan the Dirt Monkey. Continually learn so you become even more highly specialized so that you can then raise your price. The Pond Guy, Greg Woodstock. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it, Paul. America's lawn expert, the lawn care nut, Alan Hayne. I'm like admitting a lot of stuff here on your podcast, but I thought maybe my, my content changed too. Maybe I changed in building that business instead of building a dream. The Green Industry Podcast. It's helpful content conversations with the people who know how to help you learn and grow as your company grows. Welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take their businesses to the next level. Join us as we chat with green industry leaders to discover best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm excited for our conversation today with Jeremy from J. Jacobs Ground Management in Illinois. He has quite the business, started back in 2009 and has grown it. Today, they have 12 employees. They have seven trucks. They're out there crushing it. And he's going to tell us the story and he's going to tell us what he learned along the way. So buckle up. It's going to be a fun conversation with Jeremy as he drops a bunch of good nuggets on us. Just a smart businessman. Looking forward to chatting with him. Hey, thanks to the Hardscape Academy for sponsoring today's episode. If you guys want to become professional hardscapers, check out the Hardscape Academy. And also, I am excited to announce the launch of my e-course. I'm in my 10th season here in lawn care landscaping and I have made a lot of mistakes along the way. And so I wanted to make an e-course that would basically be something I wish I had 10 years ago that if I would have watched all these videos, I could have avoided so many of the mistakes that I made. And so I poured my heart, I poured my soul into this project, into teaching the foundational principles of what you need to consider to go out there and crush it in lawn care, to crush it in landscaping. And so in this e-course, it's basically just the blueprint of what you need to know and it is now available. So those links will be in the description of today's program. Well, without further ado, here's my chat with Jeremy from Illinois. All right, guys, today we're going to go to Illinois and chat with Jeremy from J. Jacobs Grounds Management. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear your business story. I'm scrolling through your website now and you got an awesome Instagram and we see the, you know, all these trucks and mowers and equipment, but uh, it sure probably didn't start that way, man. Tell us the story. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. My name is Jeremy Connect and we're here in central Illinois. And basically I own J. Jacobs Grounds Management. We are a landscape maintenance, landscape, um, you know, lawn care business. We started back in 2009 is when I went on my own um, as far as going into business. And really, we, we bought out an existing company, um, and they were doing about 100000 in revenue when we purchased the company. So we, we, were able to, we were able to hit the ground running, so to speak. Um, and I feel like that was a big advantage. And just here through the years, um, we've been able to continue to grow so and when you bought the company that was doing a hundred thousand uh, revenue, what equipment did you get? You know, how'd you get their accounts? Can you tell us a little bit about that acquisition and how you got started with that? Yeah, sure. So basically, I was working for a landscape construction company, and they had a mowing division that they kind of wanted to get out of. Um, so they sold me 
basically their accounts, which there was probably maybe only, I don't know, 13 accounts. And then you know, so, so, so some of them were actually pretty big, uh, kind of like homeowner association type of deals. Mm-hmm. And then there was some commercial ones mixed in there. But I basically paid um, $30,000 for that business, just the accounts. Um, so it was about 30% of their gross annual uh, you know, wages or whatever. That's what I paid for just the accounts. And then I paid another 20 some thousand for one Azuzu with a landscape body truck. Mm-hmm. It was a, an older one. And then I had um, two Xmark zero turn mowers and one Xmark walk behind mower. So I kind of bought that whole package for a little north of 20,000, I think. So basically paid about 50 grand um, from that to that company to kind of get off the ground and going. Okay. And what year was that? That was uh, September of 2009. Oh, wow. Yep. So we've been at it for, you know, just a little over 10 years now. And now we've got, I just added my fourth Azuzu truck um, two weeks ago. So basically we got four Azuzu landscape body. I love that truck. Um, we, I would just keep timesing, um, just keep timesing that truck over and over. That, just because that of the is, efficiency or the, the mechanical oh, yeah, side that, of it, or what? What do you like about it? And they're sharp looking trucks, man. I'm looking at your website right now. What? So yeah, it's so, the efficiency so us, or what? Yeah, it's kind of a combination. So it's probably not for everybody, but in our area, we're in a safe area. Like we can drive into. Yeah our biggest cities, which is Peoria, Bloomington, and I don't have to worry about locking equipment up, uh, stuff like that. So the open body makes sense from a security standpoint. We have plenty of shop space um, to park on the inside. Hold on, I got I gotta. So there we go. We have plenty of shop space to park them inside every night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, mowers aren't getting rained on. And then, you know, with our line of work, a lot of our employees are younger and maybe don't have that much experience pulling trailers. And this, you know, single axle truck, you can get all your equipment on there. You got good visibility, good turning radius, and it just works out really well. So your load and unload time is, I mean, you just drive it into the shop and the guys go home and then the next morning you come and uh, they can just pull right out of the shop with the equipment already loaded up. You're not unloading or loading anything. Yep. The other nice thing about an open body is how you can fuel uh, equipment, especially the mowers. You don't have to unload the mowers off the truck. So we have our own fuel tank at the shop here. And so every night when the trucks come home, they drive right past that fuel tank and stop and fuel it all up. So the mowers are ready to go in the morning. Um, and I know with some of the box trucks, you know, getting fuel inside of that van is, is more of a a hassle. So I feel like that's another, you know, efficiency having the open body. And then obviously the open body lends itself to being able to haul brush. You can haul mulch, you can put pallets on there I've hauled a tractor with like a brush hog. So, I mean, the versatility of those trucks is amazing. And honestly, we pay around 43,000 for a brand new truck. And we can get 20 years out of that because we put about 10,000 miles a year on. Um, I'll get 200,000 miles out of those trucks. And that is a really good value if you do the math. $45,000 divided by 20 years. Um, You know, you're not paying much per year for that vehicle. Yeah. And so you got four of them now? 
We do. Yep. So, so, so how, how many, then, go ahead, go ahead. No, we just have four uh, of the Azuzu trucks and then we've got like two pickup trucks and I, we also have like a, a Jeep Cherokee that we kind of drive around just to do like kind of the gardening crew uses it. I use it sometimes if I'm out doing, uh, just checking up on jobs and stuff. So, so seven, seven vehicles. And then, um, what about the shop? Where is that on your property? Is that someplace you rent or where do you guys kind of have your headquarters at? Yep. So our shop is rented and it's about an eighth of a mile from my house. And it just, for now it's working out really well. Um, it's nothing fancy on the inside. And honestly, there's some things about it that I would like to see the landlord change. It kind of, there's a couple leaky spots, but you know, I'm not paying much for rent. You know, I don't have taxes. I don't have much for insurance. Um, we have purchased a commercial lot and I'd like to build in the next five years, but we're kind of saving capital for that. So. Okay. And then what's your, I mean, you got, you got six or seven vehicles here. How many uh, crew members, how many people are on your team running this operation? Yeah. For the last few years, we've kind of, I mean, I'd say for the last six years, we've had um, 10 or 11 employees during peak season. Uh, this year we're up, I think we're around 12 employees right now. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the whole COVID situation. It has, you know, brought on board some of the college kids earlier in the spring and maybe even going into this fall here. Um, and they're, they're available more. So our labor force has, has went up. So, I don't know, you know, what next year is going to bring, but this year we're at 12 and we're able to keep everyone busy. Okay. So is that 12 guys out in the field plus you or 11 guys out in the field and you're doing quotes in office or what? Do you have an yeah, office full-time person? So, be, so yeah, it'd be 12 plus me. Um, I do all the bidding, uh, customer, you know, I meet with a customer if we have any problems or if we, you know, they want something looked at. I'm the one that comes out, gives them the quote. Um, I do have a, a girl here in the office that helps me do all the invoicing. Um, kind of, she helps me with ordering supplies that we get, you know, we, you know, trimmer racks or uh, weed eater string or whatever. She helps kind of get, make sure we have a good supply of that stuff available to the crew. Mm -hmm. When it comes to invoicing and billing, you've been doing this since 2009. What kind of flow do you have? And I know if you're, you know, residential commercial is kind of different animals, but what have you found works most efficiently and what CRM are you guys, you know, using and all that? Yeah. So basically most of our accounts are charged per cut. Um, I don't, we've got a few bigger contracts that have like a annual contract price, but over, you know, probably over 70% of all of our accounts are per cut per treatment. And then a lot of the pruning is done per hour uh, on an hourly basis. But we use a combination of um, QuickBooks to do the accounting, the billing, um, accounts receivable, all that. And then we just use a, an app called T-Sheets on all of our employees' uh, smartphones where they keep track of their daily you know, log. So they punch in on the morning and then they can change the customers throughout the day. And we basically get a report of that here at the office to do payroll. And then um, once a month, we do billing. And to do the billing, me um, and the other gal here in the office, it takes us about a morning to do all of the billing. Um, I know it's probably not as efficient maybe as some of like Jobber and some of the other CRMs that I've seen, but it's working out well for us. And really, our costs are pretty low. Okay.
That's cool, man. And then, um, what is, so what's your day, uh, like now, you know, I've seen your Instagram, you show up at the shop in the morning, the guys come in, you, you head them out and then you're just trying to continually, you know, go get, get jobs or what, what are you doing, you know, nine to five or seven to five? Yeah. So that has really changed in the last, uh, four months. So last year I, I spent a fair amount of time out in the field mowing, doing lawn treatments. Um, this year, with more labor available, it's really been my job just to make sure that the next day we've got jobs lined up, material lined up. And um, so, yeah, I do a lot of driving around, checking on the crew, helping them, um, kind of more big picture stuff, and then trying to sell work so that, you know, we're booked out. So, like right now, um, and it's starting to get dry here in the Midwest, but we've got work. You know, the mowing and the printing and the weeding, that's going to continue all summer. Mm -hmm. But that really only keeps about 60% of our crew busy. The other 40%, I need to be generating, like, different landscape projects, brick edging jobs, um, you know, other stuff. So that's kind of where my job is. And we're probably only booked out through the end, uh, probably into mid-July with that kind of work. So I like the kind of keep that flow coming so in. So that's about um, a five weeks or so, because guys are going to be listening to this down the road, you, you know. Right. Probably about five right. weeks you're booked with the landscape enhancements. And then the the yep. maintenance guys, that's on autopilot till the winter. It is, yeah. And, you know, weather can factor into that. If we get a real drought, you know, even the maintenance side will definitely slow down because probably 40% of our stuff is irrigated and the other 60% is not irrigated. So, I mean, that's, that's a huge deal too. If we get a drought, especially if it hits, you know, mid to late June, we always expect it to dry, you know, in late, late July and August and sometimes into September, but you know, June is pretty early for it to get drought like conditions around here. Mm -hmm. And then with those employees, I mean, there's a, you know, have you been able to retain a lot of them year after year? Are you constantly getting new employees or how's, how's your team um, been built and sustained? Yeah. So that's probably the area that I want to try to focus on. And I think it's important for anybody listening to, to really put your, you know, big picture focus on, I mean, obviously you need to have your equipment in place because if you guys, if you have guys show up and the equipment's not working, you're never going to make any money. But at some point, you really need to hone in on your employees, and we're kind of at the point. Um, we've been able to retain employees. Some of them have been with me, you know, five years plus. Most of them, they're on like year two or three, but usually we get them at like age 18. Uh, they work for like their junior and senior year of high school, and then all through college, they work, they work for us in the summer, and that has been really huge advantage to get those guys early so they kind of know the ropes and stick with us. But what I want to concentrate on is going forward is getting probably two to four guys that I can pay, you know, that 50 to 60. And then even more than that, as time goes on thousand a year so that they can actually make a really good, um, career out of this, out of this, uh, job. And I think we can do that, but that's kind of my, you know, two to four year outlook is to get, two to four guys in that position where they're getting, you know, paid decent, even if they don't have to work, you know, at all in, in January, February, March, but to financially be able to provide well for them so that they can stick around here and really make a career out of it. Yeah, that's awesome. So right now your foreman, 
that are leading these crews are basically just the glorified college student that's kind of going to go when he graduates college, he's going to go get a job somewhere else, but he's quality character, good work ethic shows up on time. That's kind of where general, it's at now. Yeah. I've, so we've got, we've actually got a fair amount of young women that work for us and I've got uh, three full times. So like basically this is their job. They work for me from the 1st of April till about the second week of December. Um, and they, they're, they kind of head up the mowing and one of the, the girls does the office work and stuff, but they are full time. They're not going to go anywhere okay. as far as their plans. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't call it. They like to, they kind of, some of them like to have their winters off um, a little bit. They travel and do different things. So, but yeah, I'd like to kind of get some, um, some other ones in position as well to help that along. You are listening to the Green Industry Podcast. Paul returns in just a moment. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to go to become the next professional hardscaper. Check out Caleb Allman's How to Install Pavers and How to Install Retaining Walls Comprehensive Guides. You will learn all the techniques and information necessary to perform the installation of these features based on industry standards, including tips and tricks that Caleb has learned over the past 20 years of hardscaping. The courses are immediately available via online streaming for just $99 each. Go to the hardscapeacademy.com and that link is in today's show notes. Hey, lawn and landscape pros. I'm talking to you. Don't Don't let your edge go tall. Your competitive edge. Sharpen your edge at the GIE Plus Expo this October 21st through the 23rd in Louisville, Kentucky. Understand the word coming out of my mouth. Innovative products. Latest technology. Talk face-to-face with engineers that design your favorite equipment. Then step outside and dive into the hands-on demo area. Where you can drive, dig, and compare equipment to your heart's delight. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. This year, the wow gets even bigger with the new UTV test track. The hands-on drone zone. And free parking. Register now at GIE-Expo.com. And we'll see you in Louisville, Kentucky this October. Mr. Producer here with some exciting news. One-on-one coaching with Green Industry Podcast host Paul Jamison is now available. Are you wanting to experience breakthrough in your life or business? Paul is offering one-hour coaching sessions to help you fine-tune your business. Join Paul as together you will work on a plan to activate your destiny with setting and accomplishing specific goals. Whether you're trying to create better margin in your schedule or increase profitability and efficiency in your business, Paul would love to help you. Visit GreenIndustryPodcast.com to sign up for a one-hour coaching session with Paul. Again, that's GreenIndustryPodcast.com, and that link will be in today's show notes. Yeah, that's right. One-on-one coaching is available. We got the slots. Uh, My schedule is pretty full, but you can look at the uh, time slots available, see if we can sync something up with your schedule. And uh, I'd love to dive into the details and uh, try to help you to be as profitable as possible and really step into your destiny. What do you want to be doing with your career and, uh, you know, develop a game plan to get there, help keep you accountable, crush those goals. All righty. Well, let's get back to our conversation with Jeremy from Illinois. And then with all the equipment, I saw your Xmark, you know, mowers. It looks like you got the uh, steel weed eater on your website here. How do you, who, who's doing all the maintenance and keeping those, you know, in tip top shape so that right. everything's efficient and performing well? 
Yep. So, I mean, honestly, the X Mark is a fairly low maintenance machine as far as the greasing and stuff. But, you know, we do oil changes and we do the blade sharpening. I got one guy that he is in charge of checking the oil and changing the blades. So he comes in every Monday morning with another guy and they, they kind of go over that. Now, as far as like when stuff breaks down, uh, which happens all the time with small equipment, somebody backs over something and bends the shaft of a weed eater or, you know, all that kind of stuff. We don't really do it ourselves. I take it to a local like small engine repair place and they do all the repairs for us. So we're not really into being the mechanics. Um, we usually just take it into a shop and try to get it back as soon as we can. Okay. And you got the, you're rocking the BR 800 there and all the steel weed eater and edger and everything or what? Yeah, we actually, we just stick with the BR 600. Oh, okay. Uh, we, probably, we probably have eight of those backpack blowers. And, you know, like I said, we've got some, some girls that work for us and they don't like the real heavy stuff. Uh, so we try to stay, you know, we want plenty of, uh, power, but again, we don't want like a huge heavy machine on their back all the time. So we just stick with the BR 600 and steel weed eaters. We, we run a lot. I think it's the 91 R is kind of the one I actually like the RX better, but they quit making like the 100 and the 110 RX. You have to get like the 111. And honestly, I don't like the new steel weed eaters the way, um, the actual engine body mounts to the shaft. We've had a lot of issues with that vibrating loose. So I'm kind of in one of those positions where I'm, I'm open even to changing the echo on our string trimmers. Um, I have just not been that impressed with steel so yeah, far. Dude, we've, kept... I, I, we've been rocking the echo 2620 X series, yeah. um, weed eaters. And I mean, it, so far it's good, man. They, I mean, it seems I like know, a durable I machine. I like being consistent. So like all of our hedge trimmers, all of our blowers, chainsaws, it's all steel, but yet they're weed eaters. Oh man. I'm just, I'm so frustrated with them, but maybe we'll have to step it up and go with an, an echo. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's an Illinois company up there, man. Lake Zurich. That's true. That's true. So, well, what's been your um, biggest mistake as you look back to 2009? You know, you got over a decade under your belt. What's been the biggest mistake you've made as a business owner in this industry? And what'd you learn from that? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I really think knowing, so, you know, with, with any guy, when you start out your expenses, you know, you don't really know your worth because you're just looking at, you know, I wasn't even renting an, a shop when I started. So, you know, your prices are really, really low. And it's hard then, as time goes on, to keep adjusting and keep going higher on the customer. You know, so, so say, for instance, I was mowing a yard for, we'll just say, 35 bucks a yard. Well, now, if I would show up to that same yard, and not just because it's 10 years down the road, but just because I have more knowledge of what it costs to run a business, you know, that same yard is probably going to be more like 55 to 60. That's like double what I originally, not quite, but it's a lot more money. And that's probably my biggest mistake is undervaluing um, our lawns early on. But, you know, at that point I was just trying to get as many lawns as I could to stay busy. But I think that, you know, kind of hampered um, our maturity as a company. And then what would you say? Well, I think this is really good, Jeremy, because a lot of guys are in that same predicament. We don't know what we're doing. 
we, like you said, we should go to, you know, Mrs. Jones house. It should be a $55 maintenance. We tell her 35. And then when we realize it should be 55, it's like, well, we can't just jack the price up $20. And so, you know, it's best to come out of the gate and charge the right, right. price. And you, and, and you know, you might, you might look at me and say, okay, Jeremy, like, why would that be 35 bucks to, or why would it be 55 or $60 per time? And well, it's like, what if Miss Jones, you know, you were supposed to mow it on a Friday, but right before you got there, it started raining. So then on your Saturday, you had to leave your family, go get the truck, load it up, drive the 15 minutes to her yard, mow that yard, drive back home. It took you, you know, an hour and a half from the time you left your house to the time you mowed it to the time you got back on a Saturday. That's prime time away from your family. And you can't tell me that that is not worth more than $35. So looking at it in that perspective, because it's going to happen where the crew, and it's even worse when you're, it's a, you know, it's your crew that it happens to. There might be two guys in the truck where they, you know, something happens where they get out and it starts raining or something happens that they can't get that job done and they have to come back the next day and you're losing money. You might as well not even have that job because you actually lost money on it. Yeah. And that's just the time. We're not talking about the Azuzu struck, you know, the $43,000 a pop for the truck yeah. and the weed eaters and the repair for the weed eater and the blower and, you know, the employees wages. Yep. And I mean, it's just, you have no idea. I, I started around the same time you did. And it's just the first three years I look back at my business and I just, I just laugh. I'm like, I was clueless. I thought yep. I, at the time I didn't know I was clueless. I thought I was crushing it and I was, you know. So yeah. the biggest thing to kind of help that is just come up with a minimum charge. Like just in your mind, every time a customer calls, you know, they might be like, oh, what do you usually charge? It? Like, well, I know for sure it's going to be at least 55. And like, if they're not interested after that, say, you know, you might be better off finding someone else. So establishing that minimum charge and make it, you know, north of $50 because you're worth that no matter how small the yard is. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember I watched Keith Kalfas on YouTube years ago. He's like, <laughs> go in the mirror and like talk to yourself about your worth. And you just got to go in there and just look at yourself in the mirror and be like $55 minimum, $55 yeah. minimum, I mean, no matter I mean, what. And I, then they'll call them Jeremy and they'll be like, well, 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 so-and-so can do it for 40. Johnny can do it for 40. Didn't do it for 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They can do it for 40. And like, literally, I think as um, I have grown and we, you know, obviously me and my wife, we have a house. So we see what other people charge for services. You know, I just, you have a refrigerator and it's making a funny noise. I have to pay someone 75 bucks just to show up at my house. Like that's just the service call for someone to come. They haven't even diagnosed it yet. They haven't even put a part in it yet. And it's already 75 bucks out of my pocket. And like, here we are driving a rig that's got, you know, $20,000 worth of equipment on it. The truck's $40,000. That's, you know, 60 grand worth of equipment going out to a job site. And we're going to do work for, you know, 40 bucks. Um, it doesn't make sense. Let me ask you this. So you, you dumped about 50,000 in 2009 on the accounts and the equipment, correct? Yeah. Yep. Do you think going back and not everyone has $50,000 that, you know, some guys are starting at scratch and they're like, I got nothing. I just got to start from nothing. But if yep. you did have 50,000, you could go back with the knowledge you have now. Would you buy that business again? Or would you buy your own equipment and just start from scratch with marketing? Yeah. If I was young enough and I didn't have, so I already had uh, a child and I think we might've been expecting our second. So like we needed a good income 
out the gate. Um, and that the way we did it allowed for that. Now I did, so I financed, so basically we had money as a, like personally, we, I think we had like 75,000 saved up me and my wife. Like we were renting uh, a house and we wanted to buy a house and we had like 75 grand to our name. So we could have taken all that personal money and bought a lot of that stuff. But what I did actually is I took out an $80,000 loan. So I, you know, I paid 50 grand and did that. And then I had 30,000 to kind of deal with all that fuel and insurance and all that expenses before I actually had money coming in. So I was in the whole $80,000 out the gate, but I had that, that loan paid off in like two and a half years. Um, because my income from the business, you know, I took that hundred thousand dollar business in the first year we did 200,000 second year. I think we almost doubled that again. So we were able to, because our fingers were out in the neighborhood, we were able to get more jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's key too. If you are sitting at home during peak season, wondering how can I grow my business? That's your first mistake. You need to be out there in the field your, your trucks need to be parked in the, in front of houses. You need to be out there because people will see that. And then that's how, you know, referrals and word of mouth in our area anyway, is just number one. Yeah. And I think uh, your logo is, is JJ. Cause make sure you, I'm going to put your link in the show's notes so uh, people can follow you on Instagram. But I think your logo is awesome. It's just Jay Jacobs grounds management. It's clean. It's simple. When your yep. truck's parked there, it's just, it, 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 you know who it is. And you're, it's not, oh, you didn't overdo it. It's just very, very simple. And so that's a good illustration, yeah. guys. Look no, at his I, stuff. It's excellent marketing. I appreciate that. Yeah, we just, I honestly just drew that up on like Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I put the font in there and made a swoop with like the little line and stretched it out. And there we had it. And the other thing is our Zuzu trucks have become branding, mm-hmm. especially in our local area. I mean, we in our area, these cab over trucks are not that common. I know in your area they are, mm-hmm. but like literally you see a white cab over a Zuzu, it's, it's Jay Jacobs. And that has become a brand in our local area. And if you can do that, I know guys that have different colors that work for them. Um, I think that's, that's a key thing too. Other than being visible in the community, you know, with your good looking truck, what else do you do for marketing or yeah, so this Instagram thing really we we kind of started it in 2018 and I was very inconsistent with it, but in the last I would say last 9 months I've tried to post consistently and on my stories uh throughout the day and I have it's crazy. In the last 3 months we've seen a huge spike not just um of other landscape companies like you and other guys that, you know, are finding us and stuff, but even local people that are finding us, calling us, we're getting work now because of it. And so that has been kind of become a key part of marketing. Also in uh, just getting uh, recruits, new employees, uh, local kids that end up following us on Instagram and then inquire about getting a job here. Um, mm. That's been awesome. But other than that, I don't do much as far as phone book stuff. I haven't really got into the Google ads or Facebook, um, just pretty much Instagram, our trucks, and that's about it. Awesome. Well, 
This is an exciting story, man. And then what do you guys do? Um, you know, I live in Atlanta, so it's nice. We don't have snow down here. If it snows, it's yep. like it's on the news and it, and everyone yeah. shuts down. It's only like one time a year. But up yep. in Illinois, you guys probably get a little bit of snow. What do you do in December, January, and February? Yep. So we do holiday decorating, which usually wraps up, you know, right around the 1st of December. And then most of December everyone's off. It's kind of the holidays. We don't do a whole lot. They kind of come back for a couple days to take down the Christmas stuff. And then January and February, March, um, we don't really do much as a business. We do do some snow removal, but it's, it's at a very small scale. Um, basically two people can get it all done, you know, in a few hours when it snows. So don't do a lot of snow removal. Um, but that's kind of how we're set up right now. I would like, I would like to be able to financially, make enough for our employees, for our company in the other, you know, eight months out of the year so that we can just pay them to stay home um, and get ready for the next season. So do they, do, are they, do they save their money and collect unemployment or, or do they have to go work part-time jobs or what are they doing? Those other 10 folks, 10, 12 guys and gals. Yeah. So the, the ones that are in college and stuff, they, they pretty much stay at school and they don't really, um, you know, work anywhere. The ones that I only have about three or four that are what I would consider like full-time where the winter time, you know, they don't have anything to do, but some of them travel, uh, our church, we have like some work projects down South, down in Texas and Florida area where they go in like with the hurricanes and storm damage and stuff. And some of the gals go down there and work uh, on a volunteer basis. And then some of them do stay up here. Um, I try to give them a, you know, 15, 15 hours a week, something like that. I don't, as far as I know, none of them really go on unemployment. It's not because I, you know, we don't pay into it, which we do. They could if they wanted to, but, um, most of them just kind of do projects around their house and, you know, take it easy. So they're, the they're disciplined financially to, to be able to save as, as they're getting their paycheck every, you know, every two weeks or whatnot, that they're able to fund their own um, household throughout those months they're not working. Right. Yep. Yep. That's good. It's always interesting so, in these different, you know, I, I only know Atlanta and uh, that's a whole nother animal that you guys have probably figured out. So. Right. Yeah. And as we get, as we go along, um, you know, we just, this year we started like a, a simple IRA with anyone in the company that wanted to uh, be a, a participant in that. I mean, even my, part-time anybody that made over five thousand a year could be enrolled in this uh ira account and basically we do like a match with them and that's that's been really exciting to kind of get these younger kids involved in something bigger picture um Mm. because then they feel more you know a part of something they feel value here um and it's you know it's it's not a lot of money out of the the company's um account but you know, it's enough to help them along and make a, make a difference. Yeah. And it's going to help their character and help them be, you know, if they're thinking about investing money for the future, that's different than attracting guys that are going to go blow all their money on the weekend, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of these, you know, like I said, they're fairly, fairly young. We got some 19, 20, uh, early twenties and stuff. And a lot of kids aren't thinking about retirement, but I think just having their employer kind of putting that bug in their ear, um, makes them really think about it. And, you know, a lot of them are participating. So 
Awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time today and what's your Instagram handle? And my producer, he'll put it in today's, you know, in the program notes. What What's yeah, the handle? Yeah, awesome. So, so they're on Instagram. We are J Jacobs Grounds. Okay. So make sure you guys follow him and uh, you do a good job with your story, man. He talked, you know, I like when you show the edge and, and uh, <laughs> keep, keep up the good work on your Instagram story and get, get that uh, golf shirt back on, man. I was watching oh, your yeah. story the other day. You're like, should I wear this <laughs> raggedy t-shirt or a polo golf shirt? And I think, oh, it's so funny because like, uh, I was getting so many, you know, a lot of the guys were just like, ah, just wear the t-shirt. But then like my wife and some other people that I really respect are like, no, dude, you need to, you need to look nicer than that. Well, and then you, I had some of my, some of my customers that are like high end customers. Like they drive like BMWs and Mercedes. They're like, just wear the t-shirt. So I was so confused. I don't know if I'm, it's any more clear to me or not. So. Well, I mean, I think if you show up and, 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 you know, you say $55 and you got your polo shirt on, you know, and then <laughs> some guy shows up in his raggedy tank top and he's like $55. I mean, you just, you, cause your truck looks really professional. I mean, I really like your setup. And then I think as the owner, if you look good, I mean, I don't know. I, I think golf shirt, yeah. but <laughs> just, it, just as the, the salesman, I, I don't, I, your crew can wear what's comfortable cause they're, they're doing the labor, but as a salesman, as you know, as you're going out selling these jobs, I just feel like, you know, you probably make more money in, in the sales end of it, which you're, which you're doing, wearing the, wearing the pole. That's my vote. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you guys can awesome. follow him on Instagram and then you can give him your two cents over there. <laughs> I'd love but, to hear it. But yeah. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, you bet, Paul. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thanks to Jeremy for bringing that value today. What a cool story he has. An interesting story. You don't hear that all the time, going out and buying the business and then building the business, but I appreciate him sharing those lessons learned. It sounds like almost everyone I've talked to, Marty, didn't charge enough coming out of the gate. You know, Jeremy did it, I did it. And the more you're in business, the more you realize the overhead and the time involved. And it just instills in us the confidence to charge more and more. And as I put together this e-course, guys, these are the things that I talked about in my course. Uh, for those of you who are just like, what are you talking about e-course, Paul? I just dropped it yesterday. Okay, <laughs> new, I'm pumped up. But in my heart, it's been around for like three years. And uh, I've been slowly putting it together and we finally launched it yesterday. And so I'm so excited because in 10 years of business, I've learned a lot the hard way. And I wanted to make an e-course. It's a bunch of videos. It's going to teach you the blueprints, going to teach you the foundation so you can be profitable. You can be successful. You don't have to make the mistakes that I made. And uh, I'm just pumped up. It, it's a project that I'm proud of. And uh, I know it will be a help of you if you're to you, if you're just in your first few years of business, or maybe you're just thinking about getting started in the business, do yourself a favor, watch these videos, take this e-course, and uh, you're going to be prepared. You're going to be ready to get out there, be successful, be profitable in your lawn and landscape business. Thanks to the Hardscape Academy for sponsoring today's episode. If you want to become a professional hardscaper, check out the Hardscape Academy. And thanks to the GIE Plus Expo for hooking you up with 50% off this year's registration when you use the promo code PAUL. We're looking forward to that. October 21 through 23rd in Louisville, Kentucky. All these links, the links to sign up for the e-course, the link to the Hardscape Academy. We're going to put the link to Jeremy's IG. All the links uh, to the registration for GIE is all in the 
description of today's program. So if you just scroll on up on your phone, if you in the Apple Podcast or wherever your your um, podcasting platform is, there's show notes, and then we'll have all those links right there for you, so you can click on uh, where you want to go to next. But uh, we appreciate Jeremy taking the time to be with us, folks. We're going to be back soon. We've been putting out episodes. Our goal is to put them out Monday through Friday. And uh, we might have a little special treat for you this weekend as well. You've been asking for more and more content. So we're uh, doing our best and we appreciate everyone who's taking the time to call on in and share their stories. This is getting fun around here. And uh, the best is yet to come, friends. Smash that subscribe button.